Hey, this is Mark Cuban, and I am the next guest for On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome back for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 613 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, on our second episode of 2023, we have none other than himself, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, one of the stars of Shark Tank, He's a shark. He's Mark Cuban. He is coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond in just a second. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun with Mark. So uh, stick around for that. And uh, we want to thank you all for taking the time to uh, getting, you know, listening to On Screen and Beyond. We've had uh, over the Christmas period there uh, when we weren't putting out episodes because of the holidays. Uh, we had a lot of people evidently going back to our uh, rerun section. And turning around and checking things out and seeing what's what and, uh, you know, listening to all the episodes and pulling them down. And that, that was great. And we hope you continue to do that. Hope you're enjoying them. And we have uh, people from uh, the past, from movies and music and, and TV shows. And we also, of course, have new people who are in the business. And I uh, hope you're checking those all out. So having a good time listening to those while you're on the road, working out, whatever you're doing. Uh, always love to hear what you're doing. Uh, you know, when you're listening to On Screen and Beyond, it's uh, kind of interesting to find out what's going on. So I uh, hope you'll uh, continue to do that. Tell a friend. Get the word out about On Screen and Beyond. And we can, you know, get more and more people listening. And we'll get uh, so many people that will be coming on. And hopefully, uh, you know, the more people who listen to On Screen and Beyond... The people will want to come on to On Screen and Beyond, who are your favorites. And you can send me suggestions for people you'd like to hear at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will see what I can do about it. I, I always try. Uh, sometimes I can't, uh, but, uh, you know, we do our best to see what we can do. Got to find a connection first before we can continue getting those people on. So uh, just uh, feel free to email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Well, it is uh, just about time to get ready for Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, it looks like the remake of the story of Dracula and his sidekick, Renfield, bites into theaters on April 14th in a movie called Renfield. And it will star Nicolas Cage as Dracula and Nicholas Holt as Renfield. And the live-action remake of Disney's The Little Mermaid swims into theaters on Friday, May 26th. And the animated remake of the Super Mario Brothers jumps into the big screen on April 7th with the voices of Chris Pratt and Jack Black. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, it looks like Christian Bale will star, or is starring in actually, The Pale Blue Eye, and now it's on Netflix right now, and it looks like uh, it's looking into the world of Edgar Allan Poe. January 13th, Gerard Butler stars in Plane. It's going to be in theaters, and of course, it's an action movie. 
February 3rd, Dave Batista and Rupert Grint, okay, Harry Potter from that movie. They star in Knock at the Cabin, and that's from M. Night Shyamalan. And it's about a girl and her family who are taken hostage and must make a choice to avert the apocalypse. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, sequels. Sequels, it looks like The Expendables 4 with Sylvester Stallone and Jason Statham, Megan Fox, and Andy Garcia is expected to be in theaters in September sometime, they're looking at right now. Trolls 3 will be arriving in theaters on November 17th with the voices of Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick and Meg 2, The Trench with Jason Statham. It'll be floating into the big screen on August 4th. And that is it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as TV and movies on DVD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TV and movies on DVD, well, Growing Pains, the complete series, comes your way on February 28th. It stars Alan Thicke, of course, and it comes to DVD. Resident Alien Season 2 will be landing on DVD on February 28th. Yellowstone Season 5 Part 1 arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on May 9th. Heretic lands on DVD and on demand on January 31st. And Disney's Strange World comes to Blu-ray and DVD on February 14th. And VHS 99 rolls on to DVD on February 7th. That's it for TV and movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it is TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, while well, the fifth and final season of Stranger Things will not likely be on its way in 2023, sadly, but we can hope for it in 2024 on Netflix. CBS's Fire Country has been renewed for a second season, and on March 1st, CBS will premiere a new series called True Lies. Now, this is based on the 1994 movie, which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, and they are not going to be on the uh, you know regulars on the TV series uh, True Lies. So, uh, eh, we'll see how it is. And uh, that's about it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it is time for our interview with uh, the owner of the Mavs, one of the stars of Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond has been seen on Walker, Texas Ranger, Entourage, The Rookie, Grace and Frankie, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 
home economics, Sharknado, oh hell no, and many others, but mostly we have seen him each week on the hit ABC show Shark Tank as one of the sharks. He has his hands in more companies than we can mention right now, and he has his own online pharmacy called costplusdrugs.com, and he just happens to own the Dallas Mavericks. It's Mark Cuban. Mark, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Boy, you made me sound busy there, Brian. <laughs> well, that's what, one of the things I was going to ask you. How do you have time to do everything that you do? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a lot, I mean, a whole lot of great people that help me out and make my life a whole lot easier. Um, you know, there's no way I could do it all myself. I'm just not smart enough to do all that. Oh, jeez. Go on. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Now, <laughs> I think I'm kidding. <laughs> geez, I mean, uh, it's, it's just so much that you're doing, and and I'm sure you've got a lot lot of things, you know, that you can't even mention that you've got going, you know, coming up and things like that. But uh, let's start out with uh, from the very beginning. When you were a kid, is this something that you, you know, you said one day, well, I'm I'm going to make a lot of money here. <laughs> I mean, that was. The goal, did I think it would really happen? Not like this, that's for darn sure. Um, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, pure middle-class family. Um, Dad did upholstery on cars. Mom did all odd jobs, you know, the usual. Um, and so I, I wanted to be in business, and my parents always encouraged me to try new things and, and learn as much as I could about business. But I'd be lying if I said it, I dreamed of it being like this. I mean, I just wanted to start and run companies that were successful um, and, you know, just have some level of control over my own destiny. And, boy, it turned out okay. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's, you've done well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> but I've heard you mention on the show many times uh, that, you know, you started out and you were selling selling things out of your your trunk or whatever. You know, wherever, yeah. And 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 is that something? Were you always hustling like that? Yeah, I was always a hustler. I mean, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I mean, I would buy and sell baseball cards. I would buy and sell stamps. I sold garbage bags door to door. You know, my dad was you know always of the attitude that if you want something, I'm not I'm not going to give it to you. You've got to go earn it. You know, and so. You know, I was like, Dad, I'm 12. And he was like, figure it out. And, you know, I would. And, I mean, it sounds crazy now looking back, but, you know, I did. And, and it, it's, it's been insane. Yeah. And I don't know. Now it seems like, you know, all these companies are trying to get people. Uh, they, they don't have enough people to work. You know, stores are cutting hours because it's not enough people. Has, has, you think people have lost their will to work? I mean, I, I just don't understand it. No, you know, I, I do a lot of hiring with Gen X and Gen Z and I should say Gen Z rather millennial. And people still want to work. It's different. You know, it's just like, you know, in the 60s and 70s when we were kids, it was different, you know, than, than our parents. Our parents came out of World War II and, and the Korean War and, and just wanted to get back to real life and just get any job in a career so they could buy a house. And then, you know, our generation was sex, drugs, rock and roll and and, you know, we wanted bigger and, and better things. And now, you know, kids today, I think they see their parents, how hard we worked. And they want to be able to enjoy their lives and not just, you know, go have a nine to five. And so I think attitudes with the younger kids have changed. But I, I also think they're more entrepreneurial. They're not just about a career. They're all free agents. 
And, you know, they're, they're going to jump from job to job if they think that there's a better opportunity. And I think that's what really makes them different. And it's not so much that they don't want to work. It's just that they they want to find the right place to work hard. And and if you can provide that and, keep, you know, and show them that there's a path for them to, to feel good about what they're doing, um, yeah, I think, you know, they'll bust their ass for you. And, and we've had good success. But, again, I, you know, I remember when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, and, in my 20s, and it was I, I didn't want the the same thing as my parents. I wanted something more, and I wanted to you know I didn't just want to have a career and get a watch after 50 years. That that didn't make sense to me, and I think kids look at it their own way today. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because I can I can remember when I was a kid. I don't know how old I was, but I you know I was the coffee boy at the Beano, the the local Beano. <laughs> uh huh. And then I then I advanced to being the cleanup guy. You know I cleaned. Big Beano. time. Good job, Brian. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so you've done all these other businesses, uh, uh, Broadcast.com, and, uh, but, but Shark Tank, I, I mean, uh-huh. this is probably, in my opinion, because I'm biased, but <laughs> in You're my right. opinion, uh, Shark Tank is probably one of the best shows, unscripted. I mean, granted, you know, there's a lot of scripted shows that are great, uh, but I guess they put you in the reality yeah, series, yeah, which, yeah. which kind of... It bugs me, you know, when they put you up against the Krabby Housewives and things like that. Yeah, right, yeah, which isn't really, you know, unscripted at all. (laughs) Exactly, you know, and it bugs me when, you know, know, you're going for an Emmy and you're up against them and they win. It's like, what the heck is this? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yep, yep, we don't like it either. Yeah, but you weren't there for season one, but you were for season two. Did you approach them? Did they approach you? No, they came to me, you know, and I had seen that season, and actually they came to me before season one, and they just decided not to pick me. And I was like, okay, fine, you know, if that's what you think is right, more power to you. And um, then after, um, in season two, they had me on as a guest shark. And what was great is they made me audition. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, how you audition, I'm, you know, they, they literally sat me in a room in front of a camera and started throwing all these different situations at me. And I was just myself and just said what I thought was right. And, um, you know, they liked it at that point. So then they put me on as a guest. I did three episodes. And I remember thinking, you know, I have no idea if the show is going to make it. You know, we would bounce around from one night to the next night. One night we'd be a replacement for Desperate Housewives when they were off on Sunday night. Another night, you know, we would be on a Tuesday night. And I was like, this thing is not going to last. It's a business show. You know, they got guys like Kevin O'Leary. Who the hell was that? <laughs> and um, I'm like, but I'll do my three episodes, and I'm just going to raise hell because, you know, no one's going to remember it. And so I went on and just tried to raise as much hell as possible, doing things in a way they had not seen before, and it worked for me. And they brought me back as full-time the next season, and that was season three, and here we are going into season 15. Yeah. Did, did they come to you with, you know, hat in hand, bowing down, saying, please, please come back? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was excited about it. It was like, hey, you did great. You want to come back? I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, little did I know that I'd be doing it, you know, again and again and again for another 12 years. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I noticed is that uh, in the show, you you know, you sort of sit back. You, you, you're waiting to pounce, I guess. <laughs> And, you know, everybody else is, is talking back and forth. Sometimes you talk in, but, you know, but you sort of wait. 
And then it's like, okay, when's Mark going to say something? <laughs> you know? Well, well, first you got to know that you know we have producers that go out and get deals who are the best in the industry, right? We, you know, our head of casting is just so amazing. There's nobody better than her, right? I mean, everybody knows Mindy Zembrek is the best, best, best casting director in all of reality television, and so I know she's always bringing in great deals. And so it's I always have the attitude that I want to wait and just see what they have to say first. And honestly, the hardest part about Shark Tank is not finding the deals you like, but it's finding a way to go out where you sound smart, <laughs> you know, because of the 250 deals that we'll sit for in a, in a season, you know, 90% of them, you know, or more, you're not going to do. And so you've got to go out a lot more than you say yes to a deal. And so a lot of times I'm just thinking to myself, okay, how am I going to go out? Let me hear what they have to say because there's no way I'm going to do this deal. And then, you know, sometimes it'll be, oh, wait, I was wrong. This is really good. Sometimes it'll be a good question asked by, you know, one of the other sharks, um, and that'll bring me in or get me engaged. Um, And then sometimes I just like it, and I'll just dive right in. But if I like it and I think other sharks are interested, then I'll also hold back because, you know, just – having done this for so long, I know that if, if I'm interested, then the entrepreneur is going to listen to me. You know, maybe they haven't two or three times in, in all these years. And so that gives me a little bit more leverage if I'm interested in the deal to just hold back and wait and then know that they're going to look at me and say, well, what do you want to do, Mark? And then all the other sharks will look at me and say, what are you going to do, Mark? And that gives me all the leverage. And so that's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you think that most of the people who come on trying to get a deal are looking for, you know, either you or, or Damon or, or, you know, whoever, Mr. Wonderful or Robert or, or whoever. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they have their favorites because it really, you know, if it's a clothing business, you want to work with Damon. Exactly. Uh, you know, if it's um, something that you can sell on QVC, you want to work with Lori. If it's technology, you want to work with me. I, I mean, Kevin, I don't think anybody comes in wanting to work with Kevin, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the, we all have our our skill sets that are really are a fit. Mm-hmm. Like you you know if it's puppies or babies, you're not going to work with me. Yeah, I'm just I hate doing puppies and babies deals. You know, and and when they walk in, if they always edit this out, but if you could see me, I always roll my eyes because like oh no, <laughs> because you've got to be so nice, you know, and lots of times. The, the entrepreneurs will bring in their kids or bring in their pets, and it's easy to be nice to the kids or pets, but the parents in particular aren't always, you know, on the up and up or they're, you know, they're leveraging their kids, and I just don't like that. So, you know, to answer your question, yes, I think the entrepreneurs come in really looking for a specific entrepreneur, but, um, you know, I, I just... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they'll take whoever they can get because they right. know we're all going to benefit them more often than not. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know, just being on Shark Tank alone, their sales must skyrocket. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I then mean, if they make look, a deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to, you know, if you're on there, your your sales are going to go through the roof. And they know that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the cool things, Brian, is, you know, cool for the entrepreneurs more than the sharks. You know, they have the benefit of watching all the episodes. You know, now we were there too, but you know, so they get to see what's worked and what hasn't worked, and the types of deals, and you know, they get to read. There's even like Shark Tank um, 
entrepreneur forums on Facebook where you can only get in if you're on the show. Um, and they all, you know, spill all the gossip about, you know, what it's like to work with the entrepreneur, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so they come in really, really prepared. And, you know, one of the downsides of that is we're getting more entrepreneurs who are coming in saying, I just want the commercial, right? I just want the visibility. And I'll agree to a deal on the show, but I'm not going to close the deal. I had a couple of those this season. And, you know, that's kind of upsetting to us, but you can't, you have to understand, you know, I can understand why the entrepreneurs would do that. Right, yeah. When you seal a deal like that, am I correct that there's still further possibilities that it may not go through? Is that is that true? Yeah, so here, here's exactly what happens. Once a deal, once we say yes and we shake on the show, then we go through a process of due diligence. So we get to dig into their books and make sure that what they said on the show is actually true. Exactly. You know, like I had a couple of deals this year where they said, oh, our sales are going to be, you know, X dollars, a million dollars, and they turned out to be half of that. Mm-hmm. Now, it may not be the entrepreneur's fault. I mean, a lot of things happened in the economy, but we valued the deal based off of those sales expectations. If you tell me your sales are a million, I might pay, you know, I might value the business at $2 million, whatever it is. If you tell me your, and if your sales are only 500000 well, it's not worth $2 million anymore. And so we get to do due diligence. And more often than not, um, I'll just rework the deal if there's a big change like that. But sometimes, you know, they, they're just lying, right? Hmm. You know, oh, my widget only costs a dollar to make, and you look into it, and it costs a dollar if they sell $2 billion and they've sold 73 of them, you know. Uh, and so just crazy stuff like that, or they just out and out lied about other stuff. You know, oh, I have no debt. Um, well, your credit card says you have fifteen thousand dollars. Well, credit cards aren't debt, you know. Just, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe in your world, but um, so just stuff like that where you know we get a chance to check to make sure what they tell us is true, and to make sure there's nothing extraneous that could make it difficult to work with them. Yeah, what's the most lucrative deal that you've made on Shark Tank? Um, well, if you would ask me a couple months ago, I would have said a company called Cycloramic, where I put in twenty five, two hundred fifty thousand for twenty five percent of the deal, and it sold for twenty some million. Um, but um, one of my deals now is a company called Beatbox, where I put in a um, million dollars and got a third of the company, and they just did a financing round at one hundred and ninety million dollars, <laughs> and there's interest in buying them out, and it'd be a higher number than that. So. You know, that makes me happy all the way to the bank. I am sure it does. <laughs> now, take take the reverse side. And you don't have to name names. I don't I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to insult anybody or anything, but has there been a business that you, you know, didn't it didn't go as well and you Oh yeah, shake your more head more and... of those than the the home runs. You know, out of the 200 some deals whatever it is that I've done, I'd say, you know, 10 have been oh my goodness, that's amazing and that pays for the rest of them. And then 25% of, including the 10, turn out to be good, and they're making me money, and they're sending me checks every year, and I'm happy. 50%, they're just running their businesses. Maybe I make a little and I lose a little. And 25%, they're like, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, just people that just do dumb stuff. Like I had one deal right in the early days where they had a product that they sold for $29. It was a food product, and it cost them $15 to make. And on air night, unbeknownst to me, they decided to include free shipping. Well, because this was a food a food product, they had to use cold shipping, which was fifteen dollars. So instead of making money on every deal, they lost money on every deal. 
that company didn't last long. And, you know, you get, I had another guy we gave money to, and every time I look at his Instagram, he was off in some island somewhere. I'm like, you travel to better places than I do. You're supposed to be working for us. You know, and, and so you, you get deals like that, and, you know, when you do enough deals, just the numbers come through, right? You're going to have some that don't work out and some that work great. Yeah. Wow. And it, I've noticed that over the years, I mean, it used to start out and people were asking you for 20, 30 percent, even some 40 percent. Now people are coming in. You can have 2% of our company. I know, I know. Those, you know, and I wish you could hear the groans. They edit them out. Like, someone will come in and ask for $500,000 for, you know, 2%. And we all just, like, groan immediately because those typically are the deals where they're coming in only for the commercial and they truly do not want to make a deal. Because if you watch the show, you know we're going to roll our eyes and we're not going to be happy and Damon's going to say, why are you here? And, you know, Robert's going to say, I got better deals than that in Croatia. And, you know, and it's just that we, you've got to be so super amazing to justify, you know, a 15, 20, 25 million dollar um, valuation. And if you're that great and you're coming looking to money and on top of that, you've probably already raised money. And that's typically one of the reasons they set those valuations. And so if you've already raised money, and to support that valuation, you've got to have great sales and hopefully earnings. You know, why do you need us? Why are you here? And more often than not, it's just for the commercial. And so we've seen, we've seen that play so many times. It, it's just like it's, it's the rare exception where they really come in. But, you know, they're, they're there, and we've got to deal with them. Yeah. yeah. Is the cast close? You see, the chemistry seems really good. But... Yeah, we all get along great. I mean, you know, Kevin's a good guy off the air. On the air, he's a schmo. Um, but, you know, we all have our own personalities, and but we all get along great. We'll socialize. We talk to each other. We help each other. We care about each other. I mean, we, we get along great. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, in the intro uh, the shows you've been uh, appeared on. And uh, did you ever think of wanting to be an actor, or did you yeah, just do sure. this on a whim? Yeah, so before anybody knew who I was, I took acting class. I, moved, I left Dallas. I sold my first company um, and decided to move to L.A. and live in Manhattan Beach. And, you know, I was, quote, unquote, retired. And, <laughs> and I was 31, 32, and I was like, okay, I, I'm going to take acting classes. So I took acting classes from a guy named Aaron Spicer, and I did some B-movies that I'll never, ever name, <laughs> and, and, you know, auditioned for commercials and got some little stuff and did some extra stuff. And, you know, and, and then I went on and started um, AudioNet with Todd Wagner that turned in Broadcast.com, and that's, you know, started the streaming industry, and that's where I made almost all my money. And then, you know, as I started becoming more visible after I bought the maps, people would ask me about cameos like Walker, Texas Ranger. And I was like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll come out and do it. And that led to 
our list would led to another one, which led to Entourage, which led to, you know, doing movies. Um, oh, what was the movie I did? Um, the seat, not the seat. Oh, my God, I'm spacing it. But there was one movie I did, and the reviews came out, and it said the only highlight of the movie was Mark Cuban scene with, you know, um, and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Jeez. Now, you mentioned the Mavs. What, you know, why did you decide to buy a basketball team? <laughs> I've been a basketball junkie my entire life. Literally, I still play pickup basketball. I'll still go out there and, and run around and get up shots. And one of the, you know, the best parts of owning the Mavs is being able to, you know, go on the court and get up shots before a home game. And so, I mean, to this day, you know, if you look at my office, there's a bunch of basketballs for, you know, me and my 13-year-old son to, to play with. I, I just love the game. And so today is my 23rd anniversary of buying the Mavs. Oh, congratulations. You know? Yeah, thanks. Happy <laughs> anniversary to me. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, w- I went to a home game um, the start of the season in the 99-2000 season, and there was nobody there. And, you know, I just sold my company for a lot of money, and I was thinking to myself, dang, I could do better than this. And then it was like, ding, 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 ding. I could put my money where my mouth is now and actually do something. So started talking to people at the team, and, you know, on January 4th, 2000, I bought the team. Hmm. And, and the thing is, you're da- I do see you're down on the court, yep. which, which a lot of times you don't see the owners. They're usually up in their box and, you know, away yeah, from Yeah, what them. fun would that be? <laughs> I know, I know. You, you know, I mean, I've been in the box seats before, and, it, you know, they're nice, but, you know, you're not there, you know. No, and, and you know, the crazy part was, be, before I bought the team, every owner was in their box. Nobody was on the court at all, except maybe some would sit center court, uh, you know, right in the middle, uh, the first row, right center court, mm-hmm. um, on the opposite side. And I was like, no, no, this is like, you know, I want to learn. I want to be part of it. That's the fun part. You know, I want to listen to the huddles. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to, you know, just, you know, enjoy the whole moment. And so I sat myself right next to the bench, and on the road I sit right behind the bench. And no other owner did that. And, and then all of a sudden, one by one, they all started doing it. Michael Jordan did it. Steve Ballmer did it. Ryan Smith. And so, you know, I, I was a trendsetter when it came to where we sat. <laughs> Sometimes I can get you in trouble. So. <laughs> oh, it got me in a lot of expensive trouble, but that's okay. It was worth it. And now I got to talk about uh, your your cost plus drug company, yeah. costplusdrug.com, because I, I did some research before uh, last night. I was going through things, looking, comparing the prices of drugs with other online drug companies uh-huh. and, and things like that. And never mind about what you get at the drugstore because those are ridiculous. But uh, I actually found on on the, the the ones that I was looking through. Uh, you were half price yep. of what those places are, are doing. Yep. And they're lower than the drugstore. The drugstore yep. just, <laughs> just puts it's it to insane, you. It's <laughs> insane, isn't it? You know, if anybody takes any medication, go to costplusdrugs.com, put in the name of the medication. We carry about 1,000, and we hope to add another 1,000 this year. Wow. Um, and what, what happens when you put in a medication, unlike anywhere else in the entire industry, we'll not only show you the price we charge, but we'll show you the price that we pay. We'll show you our cost. We'll show you that our markup is 15%. Then there's a $3 shipping, uh, $3 handling fee from the pharmacy and $5 for shipping. So you know exactly what we cost and why we charge what we charge. And in doing so, we've been able to cut the cost of medications, in some cases, by more than 95%. 
you know, there, there are drugs like um, chemotherapy drugs like the matinib that, you know, pharmacies like you were mentioning were charging $2,000 plus, and the discounts were charging 500 to 1000 and, you know, our price got down to $14. Wow. And it's just insane, the difference. So, you know, I strongly encourage anybody to sign up um, and put in your medications. I, you know, if we carry it, there's a 99% chance we're going to save you money. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you've, you've earned a customer already. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, Now, I know we got to finish up, but uh, I, I want to just ask this qu- two more questions. But sure. this one here, uh, during the, the presidential elections and everything, when they come up, your name comes up. Now, is this media <laughs> hype or is this something that you're No, it's media hype. It yeah, is. there's no chance. Okay. You know, I would not put my family through that. Uh, you know, all the stuff that happens and all the, the spite and the anger and the hate. I mean, my kids are 13, 16, and 19. I could not do that to them. Mm, yeah, I, I just can't imagine, you know, that going through that. That, that. that must be, you know, because, you know, even if you're a good person, uh, they're, you know. They're, gonna, look, there are so many drunk pictures of me out there and so many stories from all over, you know, my entire life. The ones I want to tell my kids, I'll tell my kids. I don't need other people telling them for me. Right, them. yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. Well, Mark, I, I you know, th- we could go on forever. I, I could ask you all kinds of questions and everything, but uh, we do have to finish up, I realize. You're a busy man, so. Yeah, <laughs> but for I, you, Brian. I'd like to finish up with one final question. Sure. And before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that they should go to costplusdrugs.com. Check that out. Check you out on Shark Tank every every Friday, and uh, and you know just uh, go to the Mavs and <laughs> have a good time and everything else. Absolutely. But uh, Mark, when you sit back and relax, what are you watching on TV? What's your and, and movies? Oh, that's a great question. What's your favorite um, movies now and of the past? And what's your favorite mo- uh, TV shows now and of the past? TV shows. What am I watching right now? I- um, just watched The Recruit on Netflix, which was surprisingly good. I just started Jack Ryan on um, on Amazon, which is good. Um, I'm watching The Tulsa King um, yes. with Sylvester Stallone, which I was shocked at how much I'm enjoying it on Paramount. So those, those are my TV shows. I did watch White Lotus, which I liked. I watched Dead to Me, which um, I liked, um, which were both insane. In terms of movies, oh, my goodness, I always – space when I get asked movies. Um, <laughs> with a 13-year-old son, my, my, my tastes have, have changed. So like one of my favorite movies now is Good Burger, which is the most insane movie. Um, some of the Marvels and the Batmans I've been watching more of. But I haven't, honestly, I haven't gone to a, a theater and seen a movie in too long other than, you know, like the Marvels with my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need to brush up. Yeah. Well, and now... What about when you were a kid? Now I noticed uh, you, you you are following me on uh, on Instagram, and yep. the, the the day that you you first started, I, I told my daughter, I said, "Geez, Mark Cuban's following me," and she says, "Ah, oh, it's probably just some, you know, somebody with their name saying they're Mark Cuban." And then I told her the name of you know your name, and she says, "That is Mark." Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, Mindy told me about your your podcast, and I thought it was great. I mean, <laughs> and I know, noticed. The- that- I noticed that you you seem to go uh, go toward like um, I think one of the ones was Eddie Munster. So do you the, the ones I grew up with? Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. Are those the type of shows you were watching when you were a kid? Yeah, 
yes, da, 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 da. yeah, for sure. You know, um, Eddie Munster, the Adams Family, um, Adam Twelve, Star Trek. Um, I used to love to watch old, you know, black and white sci-fi movies. The old Jimmy. I still love old black and white movies. My kids will just roll their eyes if I put on a black and white movie. But yeah, I mean, to me, the, they were great. Um, like one of my all-time classics was Sorry Wrong Number, and there's just yeah. I love those movies. Love those '60s shows. You know, it was a different time. You know, but the Brady Bunch. You know, I, you know the Partridge Family. Those songs still come in my head. I think yeah. I love you. You know, just drives me crazy. But they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then sometimes you watch them. And it's like you know, it's like, wow, I watched this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why was I so excited about the Partridge Family? You know. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Well, Mark, I cannot thank you enough for doing this, and uh, you know, I wish you luck with uh, the Mavs and, and Shark Tank, and uh, you know, hopefully, it has another twenty years in it. And <laughs> Amen, Amen. So, well, thanks, Brian. Keep on doing what you do with the podcast; it's great. Keep, you keep a lot of great memories alive, and hearing the voices and 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 listening to the the stars you have on is, is just amazing. So, thanks for what you do, and and thanks for Mindy; she's amazing. She's a rock star too. A big thank you going out to Mark Cuban for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, and a lot of fun talking to Mark. He's a you know good guy, and he's got uh, so much to talk about, and uh, he's so busy. It's, it's it was a pleasure that he would take the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. So uh, hope you enjoyed that one, and we have more sitting around coming in the can to get onto On Screen and Beyond, and we are going to be getting news out to you and a lot of interesting ones. So keep listening. Tell a friend, get the word out, uh, download all you can because, uh, you know, you want to hear these people tell their stories and uh, it's just so much fun to reminisce about uh, the shows they've been on, the movies that are coming out for them, TV shows, songs, whatever. It's all there at onscreenandbeyond.com or you can go to your favorite podcast provider, which, of course, you know, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Amazon, or you can even tell Alexa, just play On Screen and Beyond. And it's going to pop up, and it's, uh, you know, just there. So uh, check those out and uh, listen to past episodes. And if uh, I'm, I'm getting there, believe me, uh, <laughs> we are. if you go to onscreenandbeyond.com, we have all of the episodes in the past up there in the rerun section. Uh, we are down. I have the, the icons up for season, what is it, 14, 15, and 16. And 14 is uh, probably about half done. And 15 and 16, right now, they don't go anywhere. They're, they're dead. But uh, we are, you know, as I get to those, those will come up and come up with uh, all the episodes we had. But you can still go to your favorite podcast provider, and all of the episodes are there. Uh, it's just not on the website, uh, you know. But uh, you can go there to the website and check out, go to reruns and scroll through, and you can see pictures of the people that we uh, interview and everything. And uh, you can go there and you can, uh, most of them, like I say, you can, now you can click on them and uh, it'll actually take you to uh, Anchor FM, which is uh, where our home base is. And then you can, uh, you know, go from there, listen to it, or you can just go to Apple or wherever you're getting them uh, and uh, you can listen to them there. So they all have them listed. 
So we appreciate you taking the time to listen to On Screen and Beyond each week. And uh, like I said earlier, if you have a suggestion, you want to chat, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Love hearing from you. Love uh, chatting with you. And uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on all those things. You can keep up with what's coming your way. And uh, that's about it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.